What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo. We're on Genesis chapter 9, 18 through 29. Trust in Jesus Ministries is uh, holding it down again, as well as you guys who are listening to the podcast, reading and studying with us. We're in Genesis again, and now we're on to this, uh, I guess, a weird little story and incident, and we're going to get cursed and stuff. And so this is kind of, this is this is different. This is different, but it actually is not different. Um, we're going to see that this story of of um, Ham and Noah is going to kind of be like a mirror to Genesis chapter three. We're going to see that uh, things, even though things have changed, we got a new creation, a new earth. We just talked about um, um, last episode. We are still living the same way. So check it out. Nine, 18 through 29. Stop the tape. Read it. See what it has to say. Come back and we'll answer the four questions. If you've already done that, then uh, let's jump into it. What is the author? What is the author saying? Well, he's, there's a story going on here, and the story is that um, Noah is. Uh, and so, first off, it, it shows that there's a lineage that comes after um, that comes after the fall, or I'm sorry, not the fall. That comes after the restoration of the earth from the flood. We have the sons of Noah, Ham. Uh, Japheth and Sham, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, or is Sam, Japheth, and Ham? Well, it's those three, and uh, he has those sons, and then a story occurs. We see that uh, Noah says, "Is a, a vineyard uh, take care of or care of her taker," and so he builds a vineyard. That's wine, and it kind of mirrors with with Adam. Adam was to to take care of the earth, a cultivator of the earth. He would grow um, plants and for sustenance. And then this is what Noah does, except he does viniculture. He's a, a wine uh, grower, a wine dresser. And, and uh, just as uh, Adam partakes from the tree, then Noah partakes from the fruit of his wine. And the result is drunkenness. And so uh, he, he becomes drunk off the wine. And then we see that uh, Noah in his in his drunkenness, uncovers himself. He lays naked in his tent. Don't know why. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what occurred to him. He, he drank a little too much, got a little crazy, and took his clothes off and started laying in the middle of his tent. And so um, we see that uh, in the same way Adam, after partaking of the fruit, he realizes his nakedness, and he, he, he puts himself in shame. But then we have also Ham, who comes into his father's tent after this, and he sees his father naked. And then he goes away. It says that he uncovered his father's nakedness. And then he goes and uh, tells his brothers. And then after he tells his brothers, they come in and cover their father. They don't look at his nakedness. They come in backwards and they cover their father. And then when Noah wakes up, he hands down a curse. And so uh, we have him, him saying, cursed is Cain, Canaan which is uh, Ham's son. He didn't actually curse Ham. He cursed Ham's son, which is also a bit of a parallel to um, to the garden fall, is that, that God curses uh, the ground and the serpent because of the act of Adam. Well, actually, it's because of their own act. The ground was cursed because of, of Adam. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cursing that is happening as well. And so we see those those parallels there. But yeah, in the story, after that, he curses um, Cain or Canaan and says that he will be a servant to 
Shem and Japheth. He will be a servant to his brothers. And that prodigy is going to it's going to happen. And it continues to say it continues to say over and over. Uh, it is uh, Ham, the father of Canaan, Ham, the father of the Canaanites. And so we find that in this cursing that happens, it is uh, the the character of Canaan that or the character of Ham continues through the character of Canaan, which continues to be in the place of uh, the land of Canaan, the place that the um, Israelites take over because the peoples of that, that the Canaanites, the peoples of that land, God vomits them out of the land because of their sin, uh, sinful ways. And so we find that, that Canaan ends up being super, super uh, sinful and super evil. Uh, in the way that they live their lives and they carry out their way they they uh, live, and so um, yeah, it's it's a big parallel between the two. It's because the author wants to convey to its audience that even in a new creation, a new world, a world that starts with a righteous man, a world that starts with one whom God says was righteous among his contemporaries, still sin continues. Sin continues. Because um, um, Noah partakes of the the tree and gets drunk. It's not. It's one thing to drink wine, but to be intoxicated and inebriated is an entirely different thing. And in that, he shows his uh, his uh, his sinfulness in the fact that um, he becomes naked. And we talked a lot earlier about the shamefulness of nakedness. Is that in that demonstrates the shame of what. Um, um, the shame of what Noah has done because of his nakedness. And people see that shame. But now we switch to Ham, who also not only um, um, saw his father's nakedness, but he he did nothing about it to cover the shame of his father. And so he he didn't honor his father. Um, He could have done something to, to give him honor rather than shame. Because what he did was went out and told his brothers. Now, I don't know in what manner or means he told him, told them, but that 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 thing never even needed to be spoken to his brothers. He could have just covered his father and none would have been any trouble. There would be no trouble. He probably would have blessed him instead of cursed him or cursed his son anyway. But instead, he goes and he tells other people about the shamefulness of his father. Now, Sham and Ham, they go and they do what's appropriate. They go in, do not even look at their father's nakedness, and they cover it. Now, uh, I warrant a thing I should guess say, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but there's been different things about what it means to uncover the nakedness of your father. And uh, I just want to say from a plain and clear reading, it seems like it is only that he saw his father's nakedness. There was nothing else. Uh, in Leviticus, it talks about the laws and it, it explicitly says uncovering the nakedness of your father. And it has a specific meaning. But um, when uh, when we talk about it in this way, it seems to be clear cut that it is actually Ham seeing his father naked. That was shameful because it says that his brothers covered his father's nakedness, which wouldn't have any kind of parallel or theme or idea uh, from what it says in Leviticus, what it is. So I think a good sense in reading would just be that he saw his father nakedness. And I'd heard some people talk about earlier 
that that's not exactly what it meant. And I, I don't believe it to be true. But there are writings that say um, that like Midrash is kind of like a uh, commentary on the scriptures to see what it means or studies or, or um, teachings about the scripture. And, and they convey a different idea of what those things are. But uh, I just wanted to just throw that out there so that we understand it's just that he saw his father naked. So what does this say about God? Well, I think it shows that God's graciousness is revealed because uh, when we saw earlier, we thought, yeah, maybe Noah was chose because he was righteous above all, you know, that he was uh, never sinned. But we find here all sin, all fall. So Noah is not the the. Um, the, the righteous of the righteous. Now, he is a righteous person. The Bible explicitly stated that, but he is not like uh, ultimately without sin. And so we see that God uh, could have in the deluge or the flood destroyed Noah as well, but he had favor on him because God shows favor and grace. What's this say about man? We all fall. Even the, the best of the best, the greatest of the greatest, you know, just said that he wasn't the greatest of the greatest. But we know that he was a righteous man and that he did well in what he did. It says in, in Second Peter that he was a, a preacher of righteousness. Uh, we see in First Peter, it says that he preached with the spirit of Christ. And so we know that uh, he seeked and had faith. In, um, and in Hebrews, it also says that he was uh, righteous as well. And so we know that he he had faith in Christ and served and uh, uh, called upon the name of the Lord, but he falls as well. And his son falls as well. We talked a little bit about how um, that uh, they were saved because of Noah, but in his practice, in his life, his children saw and followed the Lord. And so we see that even his sons fall. As his son, instead of taking the moment to cover his father from shame, he increased it by telling it to others. Uh, what do we see? Um, I mean, how can we apply these truths to our lives? Well, I think we should recognize God's gracious acts. We should see how gracious God is to us, man. That's that's of the utmost importance. It's because it gives us an understanding of our worth is that even in our sin, I know a lot of times we push the fact that we sin, we're, we fall short, that, that we are uh, beings that do evil. But I think the reason for that is to recognize that God is gracious to us despite that. That means even in our sinful acts, God loves us, man. That, that That is the worth that we have, is that God loves us. He's created us in his image. And even when we fail, even when we fall, we should recognize and know that we are infinitely worthy because even in our blunder and our mess, God loves us. But then act righteously, okay? <laughs> if we see some need that needs to be filled, fill it. So today, as you go out and you meet and greet and you talk with and you love on and you care for your family, your friends, your coworkers, whatever it is, man, if you see a need that needs to be filled, fill that need. Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening and I will see you in the next episode.